Let's grab our Bibles and turn to John chapter 11, uh, sorry, chapter 13. John chapter 13. I'll get my stuff together here. John chapter 13, we're going to be in verses 1 through 20. I've actually heard James McDonald preach this passage multiple times, so I'm sure some of that phrasing is going to come out. Uh, I just can't help it. Um, This is an exciting week. Next week, um, next week is going to be two really um, things to celebrate. First, next Sunday on October the 1st, our first church plant out of this church is going to launch in New Braunfels. There's 30, 30 minutes of the I know, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's going, it's going to be a unique day here, too, because there's going to be so many people who are going there to help them get off the ground, right? So it's going to be a unique week altogether. Sunday's going to be a lot of fun in lots of ways, and we're going to see a, a church birth. And speaking of births, Later that week, on the 5th of October, it will be our birthday. We'll be three. Yeah, three. I just about feel like a three-year-old. So, that's fantastic. Thank the Lord for His glorious grace in all of that. If you have been here since core group days, since the beginning, you know how much grace God has bestowed. So, let's look at John chapter 13. And as we do, I think that you're going to notice about yourself what one tech company I heard about um, has noticed about just about everyone, that people don't like to humble themselves. In fact, they worked into their um, uh, interview strategy, right, whenever they were hiring people, they would work into their job interviews a whole strategy which was designed to question the interviewee uh, in an area where they knew they didn't have expertise until they could see how long it took for that person to humble themselves and say, I don't know. That was a pretty important little clue into character. You want to know how soon someone's willing to humble themselves? I'm afraid if I was a... In that interview, I might have gone way longer than I should, even if I didn't know anything about technology. What about you? Think you might go longer than you should before you humble yourself? Maybe not. Maybe you're pretty humble already. (laughs) Maybe you're amazingly humble. Yeah. Seriously, if this this is one of those messages where if, if you start thinking, you know, somebody else really needs to hear this. Then you, then you need to push the button that says, point the Bible at my own heart, right? You got a button like that? Get familiar with that button. The point the Bible at my own heart button. Because John is trying to teach you something. He's trying to teach you to humble yourself. Let's read it together. John 13, 1 through 20. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, 
having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. I don't know about your feet right now. I mean, it's Sunday morning. But I can tell you about their feet. I can tell you a few things about their feet. They had been walking around without like, shoes like you got throughout Jerusalem, where who knows how many millions of people's animals had been around. These were feet unlike your feet. And he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, What I'm doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. And Peter said, You shall never wash my feet. It's Peter. Always has a protest. I mean, he, he's the one who spoke up as early, earliest on, right? Hey, this is... You have the words of life. But nevertheless, he always seems to protest these words of life that Jesus has. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. So Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Okay, then give me a bath. Jesus said to him, The one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. And that was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I'm not speaking to all of you, of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I'm telling you this now, before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe I am he. Truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. This is the word of the Lord. Well, there he is. humbling himself with those dirty feet. Why? Why? Well, John tells us why. You know, this is the part of Jesus' ministry 
where, where he has removed himself from the public eye. That was the, the chapter right previous, right? We saw that he departed from the public eye and he hid himself from the public. And now he's spending his, his last time on earth with his disciples before his crucifixion and ascension. He's with his disciples and he loves them. He loves them. Because it's a matter of love, we humble ourselves. Because it's a matter of love, humble yourself. Right? As Christ moves to his ministry so that he's just focused on these disciples right here, his love starts with this, humbling himself. Love loves to humble itself for the beloved. Loving means dealing in humbling. Like gardening means dealing in dirt. Dirty hands, dirty gloves, dirty knees. In gardening, you know, dirt isn't the only thing, but it comes with the territory. In loving, humbling isn't the only thing, but it comes with the territory. It's part of it. The man who would be a fiancé, he kneels. The father, he shines the shoes. The mother and the father, they change the diapers. Get that one right. The grown child bathes the elderly parent. Because if you say you love somebody, but you won't humble yourself, then you have to ask yourself if you may have confused love with appreciation or you may have confused love with affection or even just cooperation toward a shared goal. Maybe that's what you've got going on. But if you won't humble yourself, then you're not dealing in love. Because if it's love, you humble yourself. That's what we see right here. In, chat, in verse 1, right? Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. And where does He start? He starts with humbling Himself. Well, that might seem hard enough that you would humble yourself when you're in a loving relationship, right? But now John is about to blow our minds. He's going to blow our minds with this. Whether they are against you or not, humble yourself. Right? Right there in verse 2. Just change colors, right? During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas, Simon's son, to betray him. Judas is right there. He's right there. In the intimate meal. In the washing of the feet. He's washing the dirty feet of a dirty traitor and he knows it. You know what it's like? When they're right there, across the table from you, right? You're at the family gathering, and you know what she said, 
and it's not a misunderstanding. She's against you, and you know it, and she's right there. Your flesh rises up. You'll humble yourself for other people, right? Because we kind of think of humbling as sort of like, oh, do we need to uh, do do something here? Watch me, watch me. I'm good. Tech support. Yep, they say we're good. Yep. Thank you, Evan. Let's uh, just put it up there real quick. See, I was doing something. Oh, I need so many reminders. That's, I mean, that's how it is, right? We, we, we'll humble ourselves with other people. But if we think somebody's against us, because we think humbling is like a tit-for-tat sort of thing. It's just a social convention. I humble myself, you humble yourself, things go smoother. And they do, right? Yeah? Praise God for that. But not with her. I'm not going to humble myself with her. She's against me. That's too much. But Christ doesn't send Judas out for this. Right? He doesn't send him out. You, you know that later he sends him out. I mean, Christ controls the entire timing of Judas' departure. Later on he says, okay, it's time for you to go do what you came to do. He knows exactly where he's going. He knows exactly what he's going to go do. But he doesn't send him out now. He keeps him there and washes his feet. He basically says, when you will reject me, you will reject me in the face of all my love to the very end. Even though you're against me, I'm humbling myself. Then how much more with those that we just think are against us, but we're, we're really not? We just feel like they're against us, but we know better. Anybody else have that experience? Honesty in church. Well, the rest of you, it works like this. I mean, I don't know how I could tell, how many times I could tell you that I have felt that someone is against me, but I know better. I know better. I just feel like they're against me. My wife. That's not her fault. I'm telling you, that's on me. Like, if you're married, you know. Amen. <laughs> Your timing is impeccable. <laughs> you know, or even if it's just a good friend who's telling you the truth that you don't want to hear, right? And you feel like they're against you. But they're not. But even if they were, right? What Christ shows us is here is the timing works like this. You don't finally figure out that they're for you and therefore you will step forward and humble yourself. No, even if they're against you, whether they're against you or not, he calls us to humble ourselves. Of course, in my experience, it's after I humble myself that many times I see that they were for me. It was my pride that was in the way to begin with. How beautifully practical then that Christ teaches us, whether they're against you or not, humble yourself. Well, it could be a very honest question at this point that would kind of go like this, that someone might ask, well, where could someone get the sort of emotional stability, the personal security of mind 
for this kind of humility. And John tells us what's in Christ's mind. He tells us in verses 3 through 5. He says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He knows. He knows his place. And by that I mean he knows his place with God. When you know your place with God, you can humble yourself. I mean, here's Jesus. This is Jesus. The one who told every lightning bolt where to go, right? Scandalous grace. I love the juxtaposition of those two songs together. This is Jesus. He's stripping down. He's taking off his button down. He's down in his, in his undershirt. And he's putting that grimy, stained up towel around his waist. What are you doing? You're the glory of God manifest. You're the one that Isaiah saw. You have the words of life. You're all of those things. How can you do that? How can you get down and wash our nasty feet. It's not because he isn't all of those things. It's because he is. And he knows it. There's a show called Undercover Boss. I know the premise of the show is it's basically um, like the CEO of the landfill company puts on a jumpsuit and he rides on the garbage truck for a while, just kind of sees what it's like to work at that level in the company, right? Or the president of the law firm doesn't wear the pantsuit. One day she just sits behind the receptionist desk and sees what's, you know, how it is. Or the, the fast food chain CEO, he puts on a headset and gets behind the counter and starts taking orders. If you've never seen an episode of this, neither have I. Um, <laughs> I don't have to. I know the premise. I know the premise, and based on that premise, I can tell you what, how those undercover bosses never feel. They never feel like they are ultimately humiliated, right? They're never going, oh, this headset is just freaking me out. I just, I've lost all sense of identity. I, I, I don't know who I am. This seems so b- beneath me, and it's really rattled my cage. They never feel that way. Why? Because they know who they are. Their identity is secure. You, if you're in Christ, can know who you are. You can have your identity secure before the Lord. You have the righteousness of God in Christ. And all your sin forgiven and taken as far from the east as from the west, from who you are are before the Lord, know your place with God, and you can humble yourself. And then this, although they may not understand, humble yourself. Although they may not understand. If you look, 
here in verses 6 through 12. After Christ has done all of this humbling himself. Right? He comes to Simon Peter. And Simon Peter doesn't get it. Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, what I'm saying, what I'm doing, you do not understand now. But afterward, you will understand. I'm pretty sure he's not talking about, like, as soon as I finish drying your feet, you're going to get it. He's talking about afterward, afterward. Peter said to him, never going to wash my feet. Jesus says, if I don't wash you, you have no share with me. Oh, well then, give me that. <laughs> so, Peter. Jesus said to him, the, the one who's bathed does not need to wash, except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said, not all of you are clean. And when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? Question mark. No answer. If Peter wouldn't accept this humbling of Christ, how is he going to accept the cross? I mean, the disciples have this cleanness from a sincere trust in Christ, but that is ultimately secured. That cleanness is ultimately secured, not by a teacher standing with them, but by a humbled Savior dying for them. And if Peter won't receive a humbled Christ, he won't receive Christ at all. Now, it's not wrong for people to not understand. It's not wrong for people to understand. It's not wrong for us to explain why we would humble ourselves. They often won't get it. Often they'll just see their own terms. But even if they don't understand why you would humble yourself, why you would show them this grace, what then? What do we do? We'll humble ourselves anyway. Even though they don't get it. What can be some of the hardest things? Like, what am I? I don't think they understand. My pride is okay with me humbling myself as long as they get it. (laughs) Reminds me of a dad I, I, I know who had a daughter. He was kind of a prominent figure in his hometown and, and his daughter was, um, was troubled. And she's a teenager, and she got into drugs and alcohol. And um, she was just making a mess of her life. And one night, she's out at kind of a place that's supposed to be a nice place, but she's out of control. Somebody gets him on the phone, and, uh, and he, pull, he personally pulls up, goes in, scoops her up, takes her home. It's not long before she's vomiting and he's holding her hair. 
And he's just humbling himself. He's just showing her grace. And the people who know this guy, they, they, the questions that they have are like, why are you doing that? Why are you showing her that? Why are you humbling yourself in that way? She might not understand. I'm not sure she gets it. She might think you're okay with this. She might not understand your convictions. She, maybe she doesn't understand. And his position was this. I'm going to humble myself anyway. I'm going to show her the grace that God has shown me, whether she understands it or not. I'm going to humble myself. And maybe she won't understand it. Maybe she'll never understand it. But maybe she'll see it. Maybe the grace of God, as He has poured it out on me, will be glimpsed through my humbling myself with her. And maybe she will see it. There's no guarantees, right? The same sun that melts the wax hardens the clay. As God's grace comes flooding down. But He said, I was melted by God's grace. And she might be too. And I'm not going to wait around till she understands. I'm going to humble myself. They might not understand. Small group leaders, they might not understand what it costs you to reach out the way you do. But love goes beyond being understood. Love goes beyond someone understanding your love. Parents, they might not ever understand. But understand or not, and there may be a time that they do, now is the time to humble yourself. By the way, I have kept up with that dad. Finish the story. She did respond to the grace of Christ. Eventually, she didn't understand then, but eventually she did, and she responded to the grace of Christ, especially as demonstrated by her father. She put her life in Christ's hands and um, is walking with the Lord. In fact, she's married to a pastor now. Um, Although they may not understand, humble yourself. And then this, With Christ as the example, humble yourself. With Christ as the example, humble yourself. You see, in verses 13 through 17, Christ makes this abundantly clear. He says, you call me teacher and Lord. And you're right, so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Humble yourself with one another. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you Do we think we're above Christ? Right? Do we think that Christ would wash feet and Christ would die, but His servants wouldn't humble themselves even to say that to another person we were wrong or please forgive me? 
or let me listen to you? Tell me what you see? When we think humble thoughts when we're contemplating Jesus, but with one another, what do we do? Have we had the stamp of Christ's character imprinted on us deep enough to just humble ourselves? And that's what this word here, example, means, right? It's like a stamp. I've given you an example, right, like this, right? That I have been with Jesus, and He has stamped my heart. He has given to me a courage and a security and a desire And by faith, I'm stepping out in His grace to humble myself. Because of Him. Because that's what my heart looks like. My heart looks like a Jesus heart. And the Bible consistently says, when it's speaking of humility, this is the way the Bible almost always speaks of it. Humble yourself. Hardly ever does it say, Be more humble. Or think humble thoughts. I mean, have this mind, which is yours in Christ Jesus, that though He was God, He did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied Himself, taking the form of a servant, right? So that, yes, have the mind of humility, but it doesn't stop there. What the result of that mind of humility is, we do it. We humble ourselves. Otherwise, perhaps that mind isn't so humble after all. We're just puffing ourselves up with thoughts of our own humility, but we don't actually humble ourselves. I mean, most people think of themselves as pretty humble, but what don't most people do? Humble themselves. It's a do thing. It's a do thing. If you know it, great. Blessed are you if you do it. It's like helpfulness. If I came over to your house and you're emptying the car and you're taking groceries out of the car, right? I show up and you're like, hey, Josh, could you give me a hand with this? I could use some help. A lot of groceries in the car. Yes, yes, I am. I'm I'm starting to feel helpful right now. Uh, I need to get some more helpfulness. I'm thinking helpful thoughts. Very helpful thoughts. Helpfulness is coming all over my body. I'm almost tingling with helpfulness. You're done emptying the car at this point. Humility's like that. Oh, you tingling with humility? I don't care. Humble yourself. It's a do thing. You're better off not asking, how can I have some more humility? But you're better off asking, how can I humble myself with my spouse? How can I humble myself with the people I work with? How can I humble myself with the people I minister with? Because Christ's character is being stamped on my soul, and it's being stamped on my mouth, and it's being stamped on my actions. Church, Christ is our example Let's humble ourselves. And 
And then, last, this. Because receiving Christ is receiving God. Humble yourself. Because receiving Christ is receiving God. Humble yourself. You see, in verses 18 through 20, Back to the Judas thing. Certainly a huge deal here. And, and as, as the passage goes on, even more and more prominent, he says, I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the Scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I'm telling you this now before it takes place so that when it does, you may believe that I am He. I am who? I'm the one. I am the Messiah. I do have the words of life as you said. I am the glory of God manifest amongst you. I am who you think I am. And just because someone betrays me and you think maybe I've, somebody has taken my life, I want you to know ahead of time, no, I am He. No one takes my life. I lay it down. I am for you. You will receive me as a humbled one. You will receive me as a crucified king. I am he. But Judas isn't interested in humbling. Judas is is not interested in receiving a humbled king or a suffering servant. He's interested in receiving what the crowd has been expecting, right? Immediate earthly elevation of this king. And his followers. But Christ has something to offer that's completely different. Immediate earthly humbling of this king. An immediate earthly humbling of his followers. More complete humbling of both than anybody had really conceived. Right? Christ humbles himself to death. Death on a cross. Death under the judgment of God. That's the humbling he has in mind for himself. And for his followers? A humbling that is fitting with that. Admitting that you have no real righteousness of your own. Receiving his death as payment, just payment, just punishment for your sins in your place. A humbling that's fitting with Christ's death. And counting on his righteousness alone. That's the move. That's the humbling of ourselves as Christ's followers Humble yourself and receive the Lord by taking that step of faith, that humbled, open-handed faith that says, I'm receiving Christ's death as payment for my sins. I'm receiving Christ's righteousness as the only righteousness that I can use to stand before God and say, will you count me righteous? And God says, yes, in my son, righteous. I'm trusting him. I'm saying, I'm not in charge anymore. He's in charge. It's a humble, open-handed faith. And that's exactly the humbling that God is calling you to, whether it's your first step of faith or a deeper step of faith. That's the humbling. But, but, if you receive Him, you receive God. 
Look, let's, let's look back up at the text there. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send, right? He's commissioning the disciples. He's about to send them out. Who receives the one I send receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. You receive Christ. You receive God. Right? You don't think you have the power to humble yourself in all of the ways that we have talked about and have come to your mind and you realize by the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I need to humble myself in that way. How in the world am I going to do that? I don't have the power to do that. You're right, you don't. But having received the God of the universe in Christ Jesus, you do. You, where do you think the humbling comes from? You think the power to humble yourself comes from you? It comes from Him. And you receive Him and you walk in Him by humble, open-handed faith. Would you stand with me? Let's pray together.